from Anchor.fm out of Philadelphia. I'm Quincy Stallworth with Kinsey Questions. Today we talk with St. Louis hip-hop singer-songwriter Poetic. She's a saxophonist, producer, and a social activist within the Black Lives Matters movement. Poetic emerged on the scene as a spoken word poet and in 2018 dropped her first spoken word album titled Honest. It's currently streaming on Spotify. She's here today to talk about her new recording company, Real Poetic Entertainment, LLC, and her first signed artist known as Black. That's with two Ks and no C. Poetic can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube, promoting her art and work. Join us as we interview Poetic. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day, and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help, and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs. Hey, welcome, Poetic. How you doing? Thank you for being on the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Your voice sounds incredible. You, you <laughs> probably have the best sound quality of all the guests I've had on here. It's probably because you're such an incredible production artist. I've seen your studio <laughs> on your uh Facebook uh, business page and it's it's a uh, it, it, it looks expensive. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I get the job done. <laughs> Are you on there live right now? Because I'm actually watching you. Uh, I might be. I might be. <laughs> I might wow. be. Wow, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. All that's... right. So let, let's talk about your musical background because you have a lot of diverse styles and you're. From your poetry to your music to your, you, uh, you dropped a uh, a um, entire uh, spoken word album like in 2018 and and uh, it's just you know there's so much going on and then last year you dropped a few hip hop songs and then you have some vocals and I've seen you live and it's an an incredible uh, <laughs> collage of of melody and sound and lyrics and hip hop. Uh, what's you. your musical background that got you? where you are now thank you well um i'm from st louis um we moved to a little suburb outside of st louis um, when i was about seven years old um with that said it was like i went from predominantly growing up to listen to like your 90s hip-hop and r&b and then whenever i moved out it was a ton of totally different stuff you know i went from listening to that to jumping straight into pump pop artists and stuff when I was growing up and I knew that that immediately affected me um, musically. I started getting into writing and, and doing poetry just as a creative outlet and I just found myself always kind of involving different types of styles even melodically with anything that I would write. So as I kind of got older and started really pursuing pursuing music I just I always just told myself that I didn't want to be in a box I enjoy touching everything I enjoy 
combining sounds. I enjoy just nerding out on music. So when people listen to my projects, it's always going to be versatile. It's always going to have different sound. Hmm. Well, that's another thing uh, that that I like to bring up. Uh, your your vocals. You you have an incredible singing verse voice, and you're able to uh, use it in in various ways. How, where do you learn to sing? Period. <laughs> it's really funny you ask me that. Uh, to be honest, I've been asked that before. I actually have never been the biggest fan of my singing voice. To be perfectly honest. Um, However, I just love music. So I, you know, um, I just kind of taught myself how to sing. I had just, you know, did choir and stuff and just lessons through there when I, you know, in school. And and I just kind of really kept, you know, um, really just kind of retained what I learned and created my own practices, created my own teachings and just kind of got my voice to where I wanted it to be. And now, you know, I enjoy it. I love doing it. I love hearing how people respond to it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a phenomenal singing voice. And, and I really enjoyed hearing you uh, perform in Philadelphia when you came. And the fact that you sang Jill Scott songs without any issue was, was, was even more incredible. It was awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. I've always, I feel like I've always kind of had like a natural love for like, some just East Coast artists in general. And of course, just a lot of Philly artists I felt like growing up. And I knew that if I was going to come to Philly, I just had to come correct. (laughs) You know? Yes. Yes. You you you. got that right. Uh, (laughs) Now, your hip hop flow is, uh, is incredible too. I, I can't even, I can't even say anyone it's like, but it's like, really good so how did you develop as a hip-hop lyricist as a hip-hop artist who can flow because there are people who can write really well but they can't flow mm-hmm. and then there are people who can flow but they need a friend to help them finish the verse how did you complete both i took it in parts um i was really getting into poetry and doing that on a competitive level in high school and I always had friends that would that would just say like, well, why don't you rap? And I remember kind of being shy about it, thinking like, no, you know, it's I know that it was different, and I always wanted to honor the art, so I took my time with it. I started I started by like I said, I'm a, I'm really big in practice, you know, and so I would take my poems that I had, and then I would just kind of break them up. I just break them up into break down the syllables add things here or there and create like actual rhyme patterns. I was always more of like a slam poet. So it was never very, you know, hip hoppy. And I just kind of took that instead and just practice making it hip hop and just really studying artists and going back in time, you know, and, and listening to Raekwon and then catching back up and listening to Talib Kweli and seeing how, you know, that that growth there because you know seeing how how others inspire others and what it made them do it just made me want to be very methodical about it in the beginning and um I just took that and I I just kind of when I got myself into the practice of being able to just write raps then I just kind of really you know involved that extra 
oomph, you know, that content, that depth, and just kept the practice of that. And now I, I feel so comfortable, <laughs> so comfortable, but I took my time with it. It didn't happen overnight for me. I, yeah. I can't, I can't say that I was, you know, born a great rapper. I, I'll, I'll never say that. You know, I took my time with it. I practiced, I rehearsed, I sat with my own stuff. I found music, you know, just that what you would hear on the radio or record things with my little voice recorder that I bought at Walmart <laughs> from the TV <laughs> and, you know, listen to myself practice my rhymes over other people and, and matching flows and, and all that good stuff. You know, I did it. I kind of came at it in that direction. And it just practicing it and teaching it to myself, it just made me more fall in love with the art. So I just never stopped. Well, who are your influences? You mentioned Talib Kweli, who is, uh, if you don't know, one half of Black Star, who is with Yasin Bey at the time mm. he was almost death. Um, who are your influences? Mm. <laughs> um, for me, Jill Scott was the biggest one. I when I started playing sax and getting into jazz, and I just really fell in love with the fact that she really combined it, that jazz and that neo soul with the poetry, and then the singing. I was like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> and then you know, who else did I start listening to? It kind of it just made me dig deeper into just that kind of genre of music. Um, I'm trying to think of some other arts I love. Of course, Kanye West the older Kanye West. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I said this though, the more so the older Kanye West lyrically, but I love a lot of the new things that he does production wise now. So, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, I love that style of production. It's crazy. Yeah, he, he, he seems to understand the board better. Oh my God, yes. It's very clear he does. And uh, that... That definitely uh, clearly sounds to be like an influence for a lot of artists like yourself who develop over time. You get a better understanding of not only writing and flow, but a better understanding of the board. And that's mm -hmm. when the magic happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, of your instruments, you're also an instrumentalist and you play the saxophone and not even amateurishly. You play very well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when did you pick up the saxophone? Why the saxophone? Oh, my goodness. I started playing sax very shortly after I started writing poetry. It all just kind of just happened. It felt like it one time. Um, I think I started playing sax when I was 10. Uh, I started writing poetry when, when I was about seven, a little, a little after that. Um, for me, it was like we had that, that thing in... Um, in elementary school where they made all the kids have to pick an instrument to play for the following year. And, you know, I remember it was my turn after sitting in, in a long line of people because I had all the kids out in my grade at one time. And we just kind of went down instruments. So I picked up brass instruments. I really enjoyed them. I picked up, you know, the flute. I really enjoyed it. I picked up the clarinet. It was great. But then I picked up the tenor saxophone and I just fell in love. I don't know what it was, the style, the tone, the feel. And it was way bigger than me, though, at the time. <laughs> and I actually loved that about it. But I was 
I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not very tall now. <laughs> so right. I was for sure not very tall as a kid. And the thing was like toppling me over. So they let me try out the alto sax. And it was just like the perfect fit for me, it felt like. And um, I remember I told my parents, they thought that it would be, you know, a phase, just something that, to do. And I told my grandparents and my grandpa bought me my alto saxophone for band. And it's been magical to me ever since. Hmm. <laughs> well, I have so many more questions about the saxophone because uh, the saxophone is no easy instrument to take. Um, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and the other question I have, the main question is, there's another musician and producer that I've interviewed. His name's Jerk, and he writes really good music like yourself. And it's just so interesting of all the instrumentalists, the saxophonists, you guys tend to lean towards music arrangement, production and sound. It, mm. Do you think what what in your training as a saxophonist leads you into focusing on production as well as the other parts of what you do? I think it's the the swag, honestly, and the mm. style and the tone that I feel when I play the sax, when I have moments where I'm just playing by myself, when I have moments where I just feel like I'm just really getting in there and I'm playing for other people, it sparks this, this really unique feeling that no other instrument, you know, honestly gives me. And it makes me want to pull all of that out in the, my music you cool. know so whenever it's time for me to make it be I wanted to have that sh that gloss that shine but I also wanted to feel smooth and I also wanted to grab the heartbeat a certain way all based upon what I feel whenever I play sax mm. let me reintroduce you real fast I'm with singer-songwriter, hip-hop artist, saxophonist, producer, and traveling, touring, musician, Poetic. We'll be back with more Poetic after these commercial messages. We're back with incredible, talented singer-songwriter, traveling musician, hip-hop artist, and producer, Poetic. Poetic, thank you for staying. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, I... In the process of me creating uh, flyers for you, I, I, I went through a lot of your uh, work. And one of the things that I noticed is that you didn't have a main photographer. I'm a photographer. Did you know this? Uh, who, <laughs> who's your photographer down there? I actually do have a main photographer that's part of my company, my partner and roommate here. Her name is Jackie Nelson. She does it, <laughs> she does all of my, my photos. The problem that I have is actually making myself sit down to take them. <laughs> I'm terrible about taking pictures. I'm so terrible about it. It's it is horrible. I have to be reminded and planned and scheduled. You have and to I... be diligent on that because <laughs> yeah. visuals, still visuals, are still still mean a lot to people, especially your fans. Yes, yes, I know, but we but I have a um, bigger plan for this year though, so we're gonna, okay. we have a, a lot of stuff to take pictures of. I well, promise that's, that. That's good. 
Well, I was asking you earlier during the break, how, how's the band? Good. If it, it's, it sucks not seeing them and working with them and, and jamming with them and, you know, feeling like, we're, you know, we're getting ready for the next thing in the booking because of, you know, COVID. Um, but we still keep in contact. It's crazy. It's, it, it never, um, not having a gig never just sent us apart. You know, mm. it, it was like, we still always thought about each other. We were still sending the random, hey, have a good day text. We would still be like, hey, have you seen this? You know, this, the things that you would do with your friends. And for as long as I have that friendship with them and, and we maintain that with each other, I think we'll be all right. Do you have a band name for those guys? Because they're really talented. <laughs> as of now, I've just had I've had to stick with just for branding, just poetic and the poets. And that's what I refer to them as, my poets, whenever we're we're riding, we're traveling and we're gigging together. But I might upgrade the name sometime soon. I think that they're deserving of something higher. <laughs> now, when I met you guys, uh, you and the band, you guys were touring in a very cool minivan. And you guys were telling me you had been all over the Eastern Seaboard. And I was just <laughs> like, wow, this, that's the dream. For me, that's the dream. Um, how did you feel about touring? Did you love it? Did you like it? Do you want more of it? Or is it it's part. It's a part of the, the thing. <laughs> I think that trip was pr uh, particularly a little different, maybe a bit stressful, only because of the snow. <laughs> it was still winter, so uh, the snow was rough. Yeah, it was snow. <laughs> when I'm able to get with them and we travel and stuff, it's a good experience. <laughs> it's a great experience. It's fun. Um, honestly, even relaxing and just good to know I'm getting ready to, to make some to tear the house down with with some guys I love you know yeah. <laughs> it's just high energy I love it now were you in the middle of touring when the pandemic hit or were you just finishing up touring actually I was just beginning I had four other oh, cities wow. planned up and Philly was the so far Philly was my first stop <laughs> so it caught me right smack dab there it was so awful, too. Yeah, I had Atlanta, Memphis, and um, and Louisiana. Wow! All wow. all set for the next for the next couple months there. Um, the only one that got canceled was the one that I thought we had going on for Texas, but other than that, we had about four other cities left. <laughs> and wow. um, when COVID hit, it just threw all of it out the window. Everything canceled. All we could say is, I understand, I understand, I understand. Just keep it pushing, you know. But, yeah, that, that's, that was not, that was, I remember when things were shutting down and we were like, I think the NF, I think the, the NBA stopped first. And mm -hmm. then I, that's when I realized it was going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I noticed that because I remember it's, not necessarily me myself. I don't really follow basketball or any sports that much. But you know, you hear about it, you look forward to it. And I remember just kind of hearing about it just from some family members that loved watching. And I was like, "What?" I thought it was a rumor. You know, I was me like, "No, too. no way!" I didn't right. think it was real. And then I was sitting there at lunch at work, 
and our TV and our and our lunchroom was on. I think it was CNN, so it wasn't even on a sports channel, and they were talking about it. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is made news! Like this is real! Like this, this ain't the flu." Crazy. I said that much. Yeah, like this is crazy. Um, has the protests, the Black Lives uh, Matter protests, uh, been? I know they've been in, in, in all fifty states, but is it in your city? Yes. Would are you guys a part of the uh, the the movement as you're calling it up here now? The movement. Are Mm -hmm. you guys? uh, What are you guys doing uh, as members of uh, as you being a prominent member of the the black female community? Black Lives Matter has been a part of St. Louis on and off ever since the event um, that happened to Mike Brown here in Ferguson. So with that said, for us, the presence never left. Um, it's never been the same. The amount of trauma, the amount of destruction has not been rebuilt and has not been restored and it has not been forgotten. When things go on internationally, the city rises again. It's that simple. It it, it doesn't, they don't stop fighting as best as, we can for justice here. I think for us, since it just felt like it hit home, it it just all hits home, and it hits home hard. You know, um, yeah. it's it's tough. It's 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 tough. It's tough hearing about it. It's tough reading it. For me, I try to share. I try to use my voice as much as possible. We try to offer services at a reasonable rate and get people in. I've offered lessons to get you know kids back into music versus thinking about you know the things that are going on right outside their home you know we all we can do is remind people that we are stronger together that there is an issue of racism that needs to be dealt with and that we need to be tactical and responsible about how we deal with it about how we can make change and you know that's that's all we can do. I have some things that I'm hoping to put into, hoping to officially implement very soon, um, to just just finding ways that I can give back to my community somehow. You know, we did the march in my area in St. Peter's, because um, we we felt like we had to be there after the mayor right here in my residing city, you know, said that he felt like protesters should be shot. I was like, I'm not just a musician. I'm a small business owner in the same city. I have to do something. I have to say something. I have to be there, you know. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's tough. Do you think this is, this experience is, and I don't see how it couldn't, is going to shape your upcoming EPs and albums? Oh, it already has. It already has. It, it it already has um, even stuff that I've written today that I know I'll be putting out. It already has. Um, I cannot not think about it. You know, I cannot turn the other cheek. I cannot even fathom pushing it out of my music. This is my this is part of my life for, for as long as I'm a black woman. I'm going to be affected by these issues. 
And for as long as I'm a creative, I will be writing about these issues and I'll be using my voice in any way that I can to make change and to keep the light on these issues until there is a, until there is an action, until there is real justice and equality for my people. And I know it's I know it's going to show in the in the next <laughs> in the next work. And uh to be honest, I can't wait. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I look forward to that too. I'm uh I wanna reintroduce you. I'm here with talented singer, songwriter, hip hop artist, activist, saxophonist, and music producer, poetic. We'll be back after these commercial messages. I'm back with Poetic. We are having a lot of great conversation in the commercial break period, but we're going to stick mm-hmm. to this. We're going to stick to the uh, music and production side of things. And that's my next question. Do you see yourself in the future more behind the board as a producer than as a touring stage front musician? You know what? I actually just asked myself this question. <laughs> recently I don't know I feel like it will still forever be an even amount of both but I love being a producer I love it it's like this newfound love for me Hmm. um I I really really enjoy it I enjoy well I've always enjoyed sound in general I've always been a little noise maker but for me I enjoy the beauty of sound I love variations of sound i love tweaking things i love hearing what happens i just enjoy it but the beauty of being on the road and being in front of people and getting your message heard and feeling their reactions that that, those moments are everlasting too Hmm. so i don't know well who are you using your talent for producing on now Right now, um, I've just been focused on the artist that we recently signed to my entertainment company. He goes by Black. Um, We went headfirst into this EP, and it's been an awesome experience. We just wrapped up the journey, and we're looking forward to the release now. Hmm. Uh, Is that Black with two Ks? B-L-A-K-K? Yes. Okay, where can we find some of his work? You can't find him just yet. He's a brand new artist. Um, he's more so known in the area for doing this, some poetry. So it's, it's his fans are really looking forward to his EP. So we have some things in the work to kind of put promote him, but um, it'll be coming out soon. <laughs> well, I noticed a trend with you. You come from an aspect of poetry, and then you do some insane great hip-hop. Are you going to be that, that just like in the 90s, uh, A&R reps ran to Seattle to uh, look for the next Mm. Nirvana. Are you going to focus on the poetry scene to kind of find the next great hip-hop artist, the next one? (laughs) Oh, I guess my secret is out. (laughs) Yes, I love... The majority of of anyone that I've ever found or worked with, I found at the open mic scene, listening Mm. to their poetry or their spoken word type of work. Um... To me, it's like the best place to meet new artists. It doesn't. I don't care where you go. You can go to festivals. You can go all the greatest events in the world. But 
sometimes the best places to meet people is just where they are which is just right at their hometown, you know, a, a block up where they can bring their guitar and just play their music. I want to be in those places. Now, most um, spoken word and slam poets don't don't look at themselves as rap artists. So mm-hmm. they, 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 it, it always has to be pulled out of them. You, you can't just say, you know, give me, give me a verse. Uh, you have to sit them down and 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 what's your method for pulling the hip hop artist out of the slam poet? Actually, I just rely on my ear. I just mm-hmm. go by what I hear. Um, I can listen to someone doing poetry and tell if they do hip hop or if they've been dabbling with it or not. I can just hear it, it and it doesn't take me very long at all. I hear it in the flow. I hear it in their in their actual vocabulary. I hear it in their in the wit that they bring out in their piece. And if I hear it and it really sparks my eye, I go straight to them. Mm. And and honestly, I haven't been wrong once. Every time I've picked one out, they've all been like, well, actually, yeah, I've been writing some or I've been doing. And I'm just like, okay, well, now we're going to do it for real. <laughs> you know? So and I, go ahead. I'm listening. I'm sorry. Oh no, that you know that's pretty much it. I just I just go by what I hear and I and I follow my instinct. And so your 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 new your new company, what's the name of it again? Real Poetic Entertainment. And and how long ago did you start this company? Just this year, actually. Officially just this year. Well, go ahead. I'm listening. Um yeah, so me as a company has been new. Um me doing my solo work and running myself as a company, my own projects has not, I had been doing that for the, about 10 years and really strengthened it up in the past five. So I just took all of the connections and networking and the tools and the resources that I had. And whenever I've really felt comfortable, then I said, okay, now I'll make it a company. And, and here we are now. If I'm an artist and I'm listening to this podcast and I want, uh, are you open to artists from outside of your city or how would I send you a demo? What could I do to, to get with you? Easy. I'm really easy to work with. You just email me at realpoetic, R-E-A-L-P-O-E-T-I-Q, entertainment at gmail.com. I listen to everything and anything. I am not shy and I always make time. Hmm. Would you prefer an artist to have their work created and lined up for them? Or are you like, just come as you are? <laughs> because come, <laughs> come as, as you are. are. Okay. Come as you are. I, you can send me all the stuff that's lined up with, and, and all that. But by the time I finish listening to it or getting to know you, we may discover together as an artist to me as the person and as the representative of you that that's actually not your calling. Mm. People people put music out all the time that just sounds good to them and for somebody else. They just go by how it sounds. Okay, well it's catchy, sounds good. Here, here's my here's my work. Here, here it is for my demo. Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it represents you. Right. I think that's what the industry in general has realized that they had been missing. 
is that they were trying to put out people for, I feel like, for a good period of time based upon the demographic that they were being received from their A&Rs and stuff. But then when they actually got the artists going, they went in a totally opposite direction that not only worked better for them and made them comfortable, but it ended up being 10 times more profitable because you just let them be who they are. I don't want to dress up. I don't want you to dress up anything for me. Send me what you got. Send me the best of what you got, but send me what you got. If I hear something that I really like, we'll work from it. We'll work with it from there. Mm. You're to hear first, folks. Now, what can we as fans do to support you and your music with your band, Poetic and the Poets? That is an awesome question. And I really appreciate any and all of those who ask, because <laughs> it means a lot to, I think, all artists right now. Um, but the cash app is just dollar sign real poetic, R-E-A-L-P-O-E-T-I-Q. That's a dedicated account that I have set up for me and for my crew. Um, you can also just request or put notes on our comment on and we will do live streams and performances for you. We've tried to come up with creative avenues to like let people know that we're still here and we are able to perform music and send it straight to your home and with a reasonable or if you are able to donate, great, but we're still here to entertain. Well, I know up here in Philadelphia, they've opened up venues of 50 people or less, mm -hmm. but it has to be an out open area. So mm -hmm. if uh, if we can get a, hopefully a, a show, some shows open back up here, at least by the fall, you know, it'll be cool enough, but not too hot to have people out. I mean, it'll be uh, cool enough to have people out, but not too cold. To, they'll need blankets and coats at the same right. time. Yeah, perfect little temperature there and yeah. cusp of fall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 right. Great for for uh, for uh, stage work anyway, because uh, it's 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 no joke right now. Let me tell you, in July. Yeah. So what's next? What what what, what is poetic doing next? Right now, um, I've been dropping hints of it on our business page on Facebook. We are in the process of curating a a festival. Um, we're still trying to follow CDC guidelines, so. As details are able to be released, of course, we'll notify folks. Um, but that's what I'm working on currently right now, a big event to kind of wrap up the year. Um, we're also putting out our artist, again, our artist Black. He is he is amazing. He really makes me think of like um, our sound here in St. Louis, but has this very earthy J. Cole vibe. Well, I, I can't wait to hear him. Yeah, he's he's super dope. He's super humble. He's super great. I can't wait for the world to see him. I can't wait for us to to really put him out there. We're working on the music video for his song that'll be released shortly, called "The Blueprint." It is an ode to St. Louis and to the St. Louis creative community as well. I like that title. I like that title. Yes. What else? What else you got? What else you got? <laughs> and I have Renaissance as well dropping in the fall. I've been oh. I've been working on this album at this point for a little over two years. Um, with recent events, it just didn't feel like the time to drop it because I really did have it scheduled to officially drop on March the 10th. Um, but with all the stuff that kind of happened, I just felt like 
it wasn't good timing. But for the fall, we got you. Got you some nice fall weather, some good pop upbeat music, and and something warm to get you going for, to get you know get you going for winter, as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, wow, that that's it. That's it for right now. Big, working in big steps, pieces at a time. Well, I like <laughs> it. I like it. And poetic. I want to thank you for coming on here with me. I uh, really appreciate this. I enjoyed seeing you perform live, and I enjoyed listening to your poetry. I also enjoyed finding your work on YouTube, and I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great platform. You are a blessing to the people. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you so much, Poetic. You have a good night. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Teensy Questions has been a production of Anger.fm, the good people over at Spotify. We also like to thank the talented staff at 1030 Designs for crafting our logo and other promotional materials. We want to thank Poetic for stopping in for her interview. And we also like to thank you for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>